Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. I'm Sid, your host. Thanks for joining me for another episode. to the show. I hope everyone is doing well. Today's episode is with Emily the Mystic. Emily is a psychic medium, an Akashic Records reader, a quantum energy healer, and a psychic development coach. And she helps intuitives find their purpose and their soul's mission here. And she uses the Akashic Records for deep healing and to find answers to a lot of these questions that we have here on this earth plane. And her mission is to make spiritual topics that might seem a little bit complicated, more approachable and easy to digest. And just know that you're intuitive and you have unique gifts and she loves helping people to get in touch with those and open those up. In this episode, we talk about a lot of different things, and it was a really fun conversation with Emily. She has a beautiful energy, and I really enjoyed talking with her. So we talk about how to tap into your intuitive gifts, connect with your spirit guides, mediumship, energy protection, super important things, how to ask for signs, what are the Akashic Records, we get into all of the good stuff. So without further ado, we'll get into the episode. But before we do, I just wanted to take a moment to ask you to please leave a five-star rating and review for my podcast if you love it. It truly means so much to podcast hosts when you leave a review because it's the currency that iTunes uses to make shows more popular, essentially. So if you do this for me, that would help me out so, so much. And I would be so, so grateful. So I am inviting you to please do that for me. And if you do leave a review and DM me a screenshot, I will pull some cards for you as a thank you. I also want to announce that I have a few spots open for one-on-one coaching with me. So if this calls to you, DM me on Instagram and we can set up a free call to see if we're a good match. But if you're struggling with mental health, if you are on your spiritual awakening journey and need support, wanting to open up your gifts, anything along those lines, I am here to be your guide and I would love to support you. So if you're interested in that, please send me a DM and we can chat about it. No strings attached. All right, let's get into the episode with Emily the Mystic. Hello and welcome back to the show. I have A really exciting guest today, Um, Emily the Mystic is what she goes by. Emily, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited and thrilled to be here and to chat and to talk about all of the things. Yes. Can you please introduce yourself to the listeners and give an idea of, I like to ask what you're passionate about in this life. Absolutely. So Of course, my name is Emily. I'm 27 years old. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I am a full-time psychic medium, Akashic Records reader, quantum energy healer, and psychic development coach. 
So I do all of the things in the spiritual space and I love to make spiritual practices and explaining complicated topics in the spiritual world as easy and approachable and accessible and fun to understand for the modern human. Um, because I feel like uh, within the spiritual space, there can be a lot of complexity and a lot of intense topics. And there's so many people that are waking up right now who are going through their spiritual awakenings. And it's my mission to make this lifestyle shift as fun and approachable as possible. Um, and within my own human life, I am a huge foodie. I love cooking. I love going out to eat. I also love strength training. I actually started out my journey as a mentor within the health coaching space. Um, so strength training and working with the physical body are also really important to me. And I have a partner of six years named Jack and Jack and I love going to music festivals and concerts. So music is another really big part of my human life as well. All of the things. I love that you described it as your human life because <laughs> it just feels so accurate. It's like we have these, the star seed, like spiritual healer parts of ourselves. And then we have like the human 3d parts. So I just love that you separated those out. Um, Yes, you do all the things. And I'm really excited to dive into so many topics today. Um, and I just want to say, like, I love your content and the way that you do explain things that people can grasp in a very tangible way. So I love that. Um, yeah, so maybe we just dive in to psychic development, because like you said, so many people are waking up right now and might be confused at what's happening mm -hmm. or their gifts are opening up and they don't know kind of what to do with them. So uh, can you speak to that a little bit? It's kind of open-ended, but. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to share a little bit about my journey too and how I got here because it will help kind of bring clarity to the topic. I, so when I was growing up around like age nine, 10, 11 years old, I was obsessed with all things spiritual and new age. I loved reading and I would go to Barnes and Noble with my mom and just like sit in the new age section and read books about being psychic, about crystals, about auras for just hours on end. And I was always just fascinated by paranormal topics, by these kind of otherworldly galactic topics from the, from again, a very young age, but I never saw those gifts and abilities within myself. I would watch shows about kids who are considered psychic and be like, wow, I wish that was me. I wish somebody would tell me that I was psychic and that I could do that for a living, that I could be on TV and talk about being a psychic. So I never saw having those gifts and abilities within myself. I thought somebody had to give me permission or tell me or coach me that I was psychic, that I had these gifts and abilities. Like somebody would just show up you know, at the, my front door with a letter, a Harry Potter letter inviting me to Hogwarts and that I had magical powers. So I thought I needed that external permission in order to start learning about my spiritual journey. So of course, along the way, you know, I went to high school, I went to college, I did spiritual practices here and there 
was really in, um, involved in, the, in yoga and working with my physical body. And some of my spiritual practices fell away a little bit with normal human life. I worked in a corporate job for a long time. And I really wanted to learn more about my spiritual self. And that is sort of when my spiritual awakening really opened up, really started coming in strongly. I started listening to more spiritual podcasts when I was working in this corporate job. And that really opened my eyes to so many new topics. And all it took for me was one meditation where I connected with a spirit guide of my own. And it was like in that moment, in that shift, I recognized, wow, I have my own intuitive abilities. I have those within myself and it's up to me to learn how to work with them. Nobody's going to show up at my door and tell me that I'm psychic. I have to see that light within myself and be able to start learning and growing and, and find the resources to help me to be able to do that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think I just got so excited diving in that I actually wanted to ask you about your story and like, I totally <laughs> forgot. Cause I was just like, let's just get into it. But I'm so happy you, you shared that with us because it truly highlights this, you know, idea that like, we do have everything within us. And I feel like people hear that, but they don't really feel the magnitude of that statement. Like we really have everything we need. We don't have to ask anyone else for guidance. It's all within us. So thank you for highlighting that. Absolutely. And for the person listening who is like, oh, I resonate. I want to be psychic. Well, you are. Um, how can they start tapping in to their gifts and getting in touch with their guides, etc.? So in terms of learning how to open up your psychic and intuitive abilities for me and what I teach my clients, it's all about cultivating daily self care time and daily ritual time. So I love having a morning routine. Having a morning ritual is really important for me and my connection with my guides and my intuition. And that looks like a little bit of meditation first thing in the morning. That looks like a little bit of journaling and taking a few moments to just set the intention to call in my angels and spirit guides and invite them into the space with me in order to share wisdom and guidance that I need to hear for the day. One thing that a lot of people don't know when they're first starting to work with spirit guides or their intuition is that they need to give their angels and guides permission to come into their space to communicate with them because we live in a universe that operates under the universal law of free will, and our guides need our permission in order to really start working on this back and forth relationship. So what I really encourage new clients who are and, and people who just want to tap into their intuitive abilities, work with spirit guides, is to create, carve out a little bit of quiet space and time, whether that be daily or maybe once a week, even if it's five minutes, just to close the door, be in a quiet space, light a candle, relax, and just go inwards, tune inwards, and allow yourself to be present in the moment and just see what pops into your mind. You may be receiving guidance from your angels and guides in that moment. And that's a really good, beautiful place to get started. 
Yeah, I love that. And I definitely do that myself. It's my favorite time of the day when I sit and I'm having, you know, coffee with my guides sometimes. And, and yeah, it's so important to really tune in because I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to sit with themselves and Mm -hmm. do everything but that and try to distract. But there's such power and love in sitting and opening up time with your guides. So thank you for illustrating how someone can start doing that. And something that popped in as you were talking is I know that a lot of people, and, you know, I still fall into this kind of doubt, you know, the guidance that they're receiving. Oh, did I make that up? Is that me? You know, all that. How, how would you kind of speak to that? That is an amazing question. And one thing that I get asked all of the time, it's really learning how to separate your own ego, your own internal thoughts from the wisdom and guidance that's coming through from your angels and guides. And this is going to be different for everyone because we all have different psychic and intuitive gifts. So most of my clients, I see them coming, starting off with either clear audience or clear cognizance being two of their main gifts. So for the audience, clear, clear audience is the psychic gift of clear hearing. And for most of us, that takes shape as hearing within your inner ear, within your mind, words and phrases that are coming through. And clear cognizance is the psychic gift of clear knowing. So that takes shape as receiving just a knowing or a download of information or just an idea, a pop of information into your head. So when you are using those psychic gifts, when you are receiving wisdom and guidance from your spirit guides, you will either hear within your mind some words and phrases, or you will just know something. And for me, the way that it feels within my body feels different than my own ego, my own conscious awareness. And it's learning how to discern between the two of them. It's a different frequency. It's a different energy. But with time and practice and committing to being more conscious of your thoughts and what's coming into your mind and coming into your awareness, the process starts to get easier and easier. And you start to learn how to validate what's coming from you versus what's coming from a spirit guide or another spirit source. Yeah. I think that was so important to, to discern because I feel like a lot of people when they're starting out and me included, and I still, like I said, fall into this. It's like, sometimes you think you're creating what is an intuitive download because your ego like feels better somehow naming it as like, Oh, you're making this up. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Thank you for highlighting um, the difference between those. And And the, um, Oh yeah. The the other thing that I wanted to mention too, is for, to explain the way that it feels to me in my body is I like to envision that I have a coin slot on top of my head or a mailbox slot. And that something, a coin or a letter is just dropping into my awareness. It's almost like the piece of information just pops in. It just drops in. And that's how it feels versus my thoughts are more linear. My conscious, my own consciousness is more linear and feels more personal versus 
intuitive downloads seem to just drop in and they don't feel like they're coming from me. Mm, I love that. So can we also talk about, you know, protection and, and energy protection? Yeah. Because I think that's something that is so important always, but especially like lately, it feels like mm-hmm. we were just talking about, you know, before we start recording, kind of having these weird throat things that kind of come and go, but, and it almost feels like to me, some kind of energy that doesn't want me to speak or, you know, is trying to stop me somehow. So yeah. Can we speak about psychic protection and and what that is? And yeah. Absolutely. This is a huge topic for me and what I teach my students in my psychic development program. Because I, when I first started my intuitive journey, I was never taught boundaries or protection within psychic work. And when you don't have the proper energy boundaries, when you don't have proper protection around yourself, or when you're not doing proper energy cleansing every single day, you can start to either connect to energies that don't have your highest intentions and in mind, and you can also really open up your energy boundaries to a lot of things, including the people in your life. You can start to really take on a lot of energies and emotions from the people in your world. Because as you open your intuitive gifts, you're opening your aura, you're opening your energy. And if you don't learn how to properly protect it right off the bat, you can really, you become like a sponge and you can allow things to really come into your, into your energy sphere that are not possibly in the highest for your highest good. Um, so I love specifically working with Archangel Michael for energy protection and he just has such a beautiful energy um, and a beautiful frequency. And I really make sure to teach my clients to set up energy protection every single day so that not only are you keeping out the energies and emotions of others that are not yours, that you don't need to hold on to, but you're also keeping out beings and entities that are not of the highest light and love. Um, And then you know that when you are connecting with your angels and guides, when you are receiving intuitive information, that it is from the highest spirit source. And it is not from a source that does not have your highest path and purpose in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I love Archangel Michael. He's like my homeboy. I feel like I call him in like every day, like, (laughs) please me again, (laughs) protect me when I'm sleeping and yeah, this situation. And yeah, I just love it. I even ask him to like protect my bike when it's locked up. Um, just love him. Um, that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned also to like cleansing our energy daily. What are some of your favorite ways to cleanse your energy and that maybe people can try? Absolutely. So I love working with St. Germain for energy cleansing. So St. Germain is the ascended master who works with the violet flame energy frequency. And the violet flame is an incredibly healing and clearing frequency. So all you have to do, and I know that can sound intense for anyone who's new to this, this world. All you have to do is just set the intention to call in St. Germain 
You may see him in your mind's eye. You may see purple because that's the color that he's associated with, or you may just feel an energy with you and ask him to cleanse and clear your energy with the violet flame frequency. You can visualize this violet light or violet laser is just clearing away your entire body. So that is my, always my first step. And then I also always cut psychic cords every single day. Um, so I just want to say a quick thing about psychic ties and cords. So we all create psychic ties with people that we come in contact with every single day, including people we see on TV, people we read about in magazines and in books, especially if you're an intuitive and do an intuitive work, you have a psychic tie with the people that you're reading for. We also have energetic cords, which are major cords of attachment to main people in our life, like family members, friends, um, our romantic partners, mentors, and so forth. So I really make sure to cut psychic ties every single day. This is different from cutting major energy cords because there's a little bit more of a healing process involved with cutting major cords, but you need to take time to cut away psychic ties every single day because they can over time really build up and create a major drain on your energy. So the way that I like to do this is I call an Archangel Michael, my homeboy again for this process. And I ask him to use his sword or his golden scissors to cut away those energy ties for me. And it really feels like it frees up, frees me up from an energetic perspective. One more thing too, I love Epsom salt for energy cleansing. I always wash my hands with an Epsom salt soap in between clients to clear my energy. And if I really feel like I need a cleanse, um, I'll take an Epsom salt bath at the end of the day to really just detox and release. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing those. I love, I love using Epsom salt as well. It's a really nice nourishing way to treat myself, but also to like clear energy away from, from the day. Um, and I didn't even think about cutting psychic ties like daily, I, you know, I know how to cord cut and everything, but I appreciate the reminder to like really set that intention of like, I'm cutting ties with anyone, you know, that I came into mm -hmm. contact with today and kind of having that clean slate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just for an example of how this works, if you've ever had a moment where a friend pops into your mind and then all of a sudden they call you or you see them on the street, that's an example of a psychic tie that exists between you and that person. And we can accumulate a lot of these over time and every single day if we're not consciously taking a few moments to ask Archangel Michael to clear them for us. Yeah, I'm definitely going to revamp my, my routine and add that in there. Um, so we touched on, you know, that we all have different gifts and these different clairs. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind giving, you kind of started talking about a couple of them, but giving an idea of what the different clairs are so that maybe someone who's new can start to kind of identify how they're receiving messages? Absolutely. One of my favorite topics. 
So the main clair that everybody knows about and is aware, is aware of is clairvoyance. So that's a psychic gift of clear seeing. Um, and this usually comes in the form of an inner eye. So within your mind's eye, seeing images, seeing visuals. Most people think of clairvoyance as physically seeing spirits, seeing ghosts with their actual eyes. And that may be true for some intuitives, but for me, clairvoyance is very subtle. And as an example, when I connect to a client whose loved one on the other side is coming through for me when I do mediumship, I will see, and I'm using air quotes here, I will see in my mind's eye the image of the loved one's face. So that's an example of clairvoyance. Or if the angels and guides want to communicate a symbol to me, um, I will see an image or some sort of picture in my mind. Also really cool to note that the mind's eye and the third eye are the same thing. So for anybody new to this world, just know that when you are visualizing, if you do visual visualizing visualization meditations, that you are using your third eye in those moments and that those experiences are real. And that is you using clairvoyance. So that is clairvoyance talked about clear audience a little bit. Um, this is my main psychic gift and you will have the psychic gift if you have a strong running inner dialogue. So if you talk to yourself daily, or if you think in the, if your thoughts occur in the form of words and sentences, um, if you're constantly talking within yourself, using your inner voice, um, clear audience will come through as either words or phrases in your mind that you will hear, Sometimes you can also hear things with your physical ears. So I will hear occasionally knocking on my walls or I'll hear bells or I'll hear um, different physical sounds or my ears will ring. Um, when your ears start ringing, that's a big sign that your clear audience is coming in. So that is clear audience, the psychic gift of clear hearing. And then we have clear cognizance, which is one of the harder psychic gifts to understand because it is a clear knowing. So you just know things. You receive intuitive hits and downloads of information. You just know that something is going to happen or you just know something about someone else. Um, this is, I always like to say the psychic gift is a little trickier because we are taught in our society that we need to have a source for everything, that we need to have some sort of like book or magazine or article, research article to back up where our information comes from. So with Claire Cognizance, you are just receiving downloads and intuitive hits of information, which can make it a little difficult to understand if those intuitive hits are actually real or not. Um, so that is claircognizance. And again, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the way that I like to feel this in energy in my body when I'm receiving a claircognizant download is if I feel like there is a piece of information just being dropped into my awareness, like a coin going into a coin slot. So that is claircognizance. Then we have clair clear sentience, which is the psychic gift of clear feeling. This is a really common one. If you consider yourself to be an empath, 
Um, if you feel very sensitive to feelings and emotions, especially of other people, <laughs> and he's like, yes, that's me. Um, so this psychic gift can come through in a few different ways. Most notably, if you feel things in your physical body, if you feel feelings and emotions from other people, you, if you're connecting with mediumship specifically, and you're connecting with a loved one on the other side, you may feel a sensation in your physical body to let you, to give you information about that loved one. For example, if the loved one passed away of a heart attack or, or something involving the heart space, I will feel a pain in my chest. I will feel a really strong pain. So that is the psychic gift of clairsentience. It can also take the form of feeling goosebumps, feeling chills, feeling different sensations, hot and cold sensations within your body. And then I always like to quickly touch on the funny psychic gifts of Claire Aliens, which is clear smelling, and Claire Augustins, which is clear, clear tasting. Claire Aliens with clear smelling can come through as sen- um, smelling the smell of grandma's freshly baked cookies, for example, if with mediumship, if you're connecting to a loved one who loved baking. And Claire Augustine's as clear tasting can come through as tasting, for example, those baked cookies or tasting coffee or tasting <laughs> freshly cut grass. If all of those different types of symbols are associated with a loved one who's coming through when you're practicing mediumship. Yeah. Thank you for, for touching on each one of those. And I think like clear audience is such an interesting one. Cause I think we think that we have to hear like someone is on the phone with us, but mm-hmm. what you're describing is like kind of the, like you, you sort of see the words or like, you mm-hmm. know, the words. And that I realized that I'm more clear audience than I thought because I thought, Oh, if I'm seeing the words, that's like clairvoyance, but I'm glad you kind of made that distinguish this. Words are hard. (laughs) Absolutely. Outlined the difference between kind of those things. So um, hopefully people can start to kind of recognize, oh, I have this, I have this, like I noticed this. So and one, one more I want to mention too, just super quick about Claire audience, because the guides are like, make sure you mention this. Um, another way that it can come through is if you hear either a song on the radio or a commercial on TV or just some sort of audio recording that has a very clear message in there for you, whether it's telling you like, yes, like this is a big yes, like take the leap, or you just hear something coming from the external world and you recognize, oh, that was a message for me. That was something I needed to know in that moment. That is another form that clear audience can come through as well. That's my favorite form of it. Like, I love when I'm like in a store and I overhear someone's conversation at the right moment that I needed to hear what they said. It's like my favorite thing. And like yeah. the songs too, when you're just like, you know, going about life and then you tune in, you're like, oh my God, this song, it has a message for me. I just love that. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. So we started kind of hitting on mediumship 
talking mm-hmm. about clairsentience, which for me is my strongest gift. And um, I'm a medium as well. And so I just like really felt connected to you because I feel like mediumship is almost like less common, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I've, yeah, I just felt really connected to you as another medium. It, it, it's like finding another similar person, if that makes sense. I'm struggling with words today. I've, I've had throat shocker things going on, but can you share with us like your mediumship journey and like, mm-hmm. how did you know you were a medium and, you know, how did you start kind of opening that portal, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when my spiritual awakening journey really started opening up, I started scheduling readings with a lot of intuitives and healers to learn more about myself. And I had one in particular who really, <laughs> I needed to learn in that moment. She said, Emily, I don't know if you're aware of this, but did you know that you can speak to the other side? And I almost fell out of my chair in that moment because I actually didn't know. I didn't have the awareness of that. Um, and from that moment forward, I was like, I am determined to learn more about this gift, to learn more about how I can open it up and how I can actually practice and use this gift. And I found a mentor. Her name is Allison Shine. She is amazing. She is a mediumship teacher. Um, and she taught me everything that I know about how to connect with loved ones on the other side. And it was such a big healing part of my journey as well, because I lost several loved ones in my family within a very short period of time, which was a really hard part of my life, a really difficult time that I went through. And if I had known when I was moving through my grief and going through my healing process, then how to connect with those loved ones, how to be present with them, how to call them in and communicate with them. I would have either, I would have moved through that grief a lot more quickly and my healing wouldn't have felt, I wouldn't have felt so stuck in the healing process. So mediumship has been such a healing modality for me. And it's also just been so incredible for me to bring through loved ones for clients so that they can receive healing messages um, to help them along their path. Because we feel so cut off from the spirit world often here on earth, especially if we're not actively involved in our spiritual awakening journey. And having that communication with loved ones who have passed away is absolutely invaluable. And it really completely opens up our awareness to the spirit world. If we haven't had a lot of communication or contact with it yet. Yeah. hundred percent. It's so healing to know that we can communicate with the other side and that they're always here, like all the time. It's such a healing and powerful thing to, to know when you know it. And similar to you, like when my grandma passed away, that's kind of when I started to realize that I'm a medium because she, I felt her, Mm -hmm. she passed and it was, Ooh, I'm getting chills. I think she's here. Um, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. Um, She was the first spirit that I could, that I really noticeably felt. Mm -hmm. It, It was like this, it was like this moment where I was, you know, alone. And I just, 
noticed how quiet and peaceful it was. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. looked around and I'm like, oh, grandma, you're here. Like, it's such a cool thing. So yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. And your mentor, you said was Allison Shine. Yes. Yep. Definitely have to check her out. She is, I can't speak either today. What is chakra. <laughs> um, she specifically is a mediumship mentor. So that is her sole focus, um, is helping her students unlock their mediumship abilities, which is so such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, so kind of in your experiences with doing mediumship readings for people, how, how do you receive your, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but can you speak to how you receive your communication with them and, and maybe just whatever you'd like to share about that? Absolutely. So when a first spirit is coming into my awareness, when a spirit is first coming into my awareness, I will use my psychic gift of clairvoyance to be able to see who they are and see a little bit of a physical description about them. And then once I can see them, I start a process that I like to call interviewing the spirit. So I use my other psychic gifts of clairaudience and claircognizance and clairsentience to have a conversation with the spirit telepathically um, in my mind to receive the information that they need to share with me. So I'll ask them questions like, what was your cause of passing? What was your occupation in life? What were some of your hobbies? How can you describe your energy to me? And I ask them all sorts of questions so that I can give my client actual evidence and information about who this person is so that we can figure out together when I'm doing a reading who they are in their life. And then once that communication has been established, then I will ask the loved one, loved one for healing messages that the client needs to receive. Because always, always, always when a loved one is stepping forward, it's because they have some sort of message that they need to share with a client that the client needs to hear in that moment for whatever they are going through in life. Yeah, so cool. So something that I've run into before, which is can be overwhelming is when a lot of spirits want to come at the same time yeah. and be like, wait, <laughs> hold on a minute. I need like one of you at a time. Yeah. Uh, does that happen to you? And how do you personally deal with that? Absolutely. All the time. You have to set really clear boundaries with loved ones and with spirits when they come through because, and you have to be strict with them so that you can receive the messages and information clearly. So if I feel like I'm connecting with a bunch of energies all at once, and also just a side note too, energy frequencies in the form of our loved ones, if they have similar energies, they will come attempt to come through together as a way to make their energy stronger so that they can make that connection with the, the, is with the earth plane, because the way that our loved ones come through to us as mediums is they have to lower their vibrational frequency in order to be able to communicate with us. So they can do that by working together as a way to make that connection easier. So when I feel like I sense that that's happening, I say very clearly in my mind to the spirits, please separate yourselves and please form a line for me. And I will talk to each of you individually. So I usually try to visualize almost like a cue, like a line for the, of them lining up mm-hmm. um, in order for me to talk to them. 
Yeah, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so I like that visual of having a line. <clears throat> I'm curious what, like just for fun, what is one of the sort of wildest um, medium, ex ex holy crap, this throat chakra thing, <laughs> <laughs> mediumship experiences that you've had, if you don't mind sharing one? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Okay. This is a good example. So when we're first starting to learn mediumship and connecting to our intuitive abilities, we can receive a lot of different information. And some of that information can feel very random and like it doesn't have a lot of sense or meaning to it. So during one of my mediumship readings, the client's mother on the other side was coming through. And one of the first things that I saw when I was connecting with the client's mother was the color purple. No other information, just the color purple. And normally my analytical mind will want to associate meaning with that. Like purple is associated with the third eye and intuition or ameth amethysts or whatever way I want to associate the color purple with a meaning. But in that moment, I just knew, again, the psychic gift of claircognizance here, that I needed to just say, I'm seeing the color purple. What does this mean to you? And immediately, as soon as I said that, the client started bawling her eyes out, crying. And I was like, are you like, what, how, what does this mean for you? And she said, I asked my mom to, to show you the color purple last night before this reading so that I would know that it was actually her coming through. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, this is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's one really important thing to know is sometimes information will come through that seems so random and out of place, but that can be the one thing that really hits home for the client. Oh, I just got like so many chills. That's, I love it because we never know, like we might think, oh, well, that's so generic, like, but for someone else, it could mean everything. And like, yeah, just it can be so powerful. So mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Of course. So how I kind of mentioned before at the beginning, people, and this is related to what, to mediumship still, um, how people like tend to doubt themselves. And I'm wondering, you know, I know that I have doubted myself and I still do, especially with mediumship, because I think it's, mediumship is so precious. I feel because mm -hmm. we're really, connecting to someone else's loved ones or like, you know, connecting to our own loved ones. And I'm still kind of moving through not doubting what I receive or this sort of, what if I get into a session with someone and nothing comes through? And I'm wondering if you could kind of speak to that in terms of like how to overcome that slash if you want to share personally, like your experience with that. Absolutely. That's a really great question. So the first thing that's really important for people new to opening their intuitive abilities and mediumship to know is that when you're doing a reading for a client or a friend or a family member, that whatever is coming through you at that moment is an experience that both of you need to have and are messages or information that that person needs to receive, no matter how big or how small. There is a reason for 
the communication that you're having with that person. And there's a reason why they need to receive whatever it is that's coming through. So first of all, just kind of as a foundation, know that you are in the right place at the right time for a reason and the information that's coming through you, the client needs to receive no matter again, how small. What was really a game changer for me in my journey, and I know that this can be a lot, this is hard for my clients, and this can be hard for people new to this world to understand, is you need to practice. Practice, 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 practice. I don't want to say makes perfect because I don't like using that term, but for me, practicing was the game changer. I posted to my social media, I'm learning mediumship, I'm taking on practice clients, I want to practice. And I just had started having a ton of calls with random people from social media to practice on them. And that helped me to see over time. And of course, it's like a skill. It's a muscle. It opens up with time and you get better at time with time, especially as you start recognizing patterns and you get better at communicating with your angels and guides. But when you're receiving that validation in the moment for the client, that's from the client. That's what grows your confidence. And having that validation over and over and over again is what makes you really skillful at mediumship and what really was helpful for me on my journey, because it's all about confidence. And even though you are the divine channel, spirit is working through you, you are channeling that information on a human level. When you're showing up, feeling confident in yourself and in your soul gifts, that is when you are such a clear channel because you just know that you are delivering whatever the client needs to receive in that moment. So in terms of practicing, maybe you do practice readings for acquaintances or friends in your life. Maybe you put yourself out there on social media, or maybe you join a mediumship circle or a psychic development program like mine, the Cosmic Kickstarter, um, in order to practice on other people in order to receive that validation about the information that's coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for, for speaking to that because I think it's such a real thing of really with any sort of going into any psychic session at first, especially there's that initial like, oh my God, what if I fail? And mm -hmm. like you said, source is working through us. And so it's not even about us. It's mm -hmm. yeah, source and like trusting. Absolutely. Us. Thank you for reiterating that. So when do you think, you know, someone has practiced quote enough to be able to start charging people for mediumship sessions? Absolutely. That's a really great question. When I knew that I was ready, when I felt like I had done enough practice sessions that I was receiving active validation from the clients and I felt ready to receive more of an energetic exchange from those sessions. And I have kind of a crazy story to share that goes, goes with this. So at the time I was offering free readings and I had a friend reach out to me and say, hi, I have an acquaintance who would love a free reading. Are you still offering them? And at the time I was like, sure, absolutely. But at the same time, I was considering launching an offering to start receiving money for my readings. And this was happening simultaneously. So I put the last free client on my calendar 
And then I posted something on social media that I was charging. I think it was $60 or whatever it was at the time for my readings. And I went into the last session with the free client and I was still kind of doubting myself thinking like, like, who am I to start charging for my sessions? Like I, maybe I haven't practiced enough yet and so forth. So I get on the call with the last free client and the mediumship reading was awful. <laughs> Nothing resonated with her. None of the information. She, it, I felt like I was talking to a brick wall, nothing. She wasn't receiving any of the information. And I felt really defeated as I was getting off of the call. I was like, thanks for sharing the space with me. I apologize that information didn't resonate with you. And this feels like a worst nightmare type of scenario, yeah, right? It's like literally <laughs> the worst mediumship nightmare so. is that nothing like, yeah. So I get off the call, immediate download from the guides comes through in my Claire audience that says that happened because it was free. Yes. Oh my God. The whole time you were talking, I was thinking that. (laughs) They wanted me to, yeah, they wanted me to have that experience of having a free client because they knew that the frequency of working with someone for free is different than getting paid for a reading. I was thinking like all of that as you were talking because yeah, I've, I've had that happen sometimes because I've, I'm just, as I mentioned to you before, I'm just starting to charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah, there's like an energy gap when you're not energetically receiving Mm -hmm. something in exchange and it doesn't always have to be money, but, but it needs to be something sort of equal. Otherwise it just doesn't, it's not right. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just such a beautiful illustration of like, when, you know, you know, your own worth and what you can offer. And when you're ready for that, to really trust that, Mm -hmm. just like what your guides were wanting you to do. Um, And then also on the other side of it too, like for people listening, something that, you know, I had to learn, I'm sure you learned is that this idea that people talk about investing in yourself, when you, when you put money into something or some kind of energy, it amplifies the power of like what you like receive out of that. Absolutely. And I've noticed that In my own offerings too, it has sort of become a a little bit of a joke, a little bit of a pattern with my angels and guides that I will know I will have a similar experience to that when it's ready, when I'm ready to up level and ready to move into the next income bracket with a different set of clients. Because every time you raise your prices, you're actually calling in a different frequency. You're calling in a different type of energy, a different type of client who is able to pay whatever that price is for your services, which is a really important lesson to learn. And that's going to grow and change with time. And you'll know when you're ready. You might have similar experiences to me. Um, and that you're, is a very clear way of your angels and guides telling you it's time to up level. It's time to grow. Yeah. And I, can I share something kind of with you along those lines too? So my grandfather who is not in the physical plane that I never met is actually one of my main guides. And he came through the other day and basically said like, you need to really start doing mediumship more. Cause I kind of neglected it for a bit. Mm-hmm. 
And like a few days later, someone reached out to me who doesn't even have Instagram, like a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. Hey, do you still do mediumship readings? And I was like, okay, got it. You know? (laughs) And yeah. And absolutely. And that's another really important thing too. And this is going to be different for everyone, but for, for me and my journey, I started learning mediumship first before I started learning how to use my psychic and intuitive abilities. So when I first started doing readings, I was only connecting with client with loved ones on the other side. And, but I was watching other intuitives seeing, wow, they're giving people real life advice, real life guidance, psychic guidance. That's so cool. I want to learn how to do that. And I really set the intention. I want to learn how to do intuitive readings. And all of a sudden I had clients who started to come to me, asking me life questions, asking me for relationship advice, career advice. And my angels and guides basically gave me that push to learn through experience. And they, and I see that now as I evolve in my practice, that when I want to learn something new, when I want to have a new type of experience, the angels and guides will bring forward a client with that will help me learn through experience, will help me learn whatever that skill set or new thing is that I want to learn or develop. Yeah. And it's so cool when that happens. It was just like, okay, got it. Here I go. Yes. This is the push. (laughs) Yeah. And actually while you were talking, I got kind of a, I guess, message maybe, um, about how we can also get so much real life advice from our loved ones who've passed on. Like, I mean, that maybe Mm -hmm. is obvious, Mm -hmm. but like, it just kind of came up as you were talking and how cool mediumship is in that when we connect to loved ones or, you know, people who've passed on, we can get that real life advice, like, Hey, do the mediumship thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's really awesome that you like it bridges. Absolutely. I well, one of my personal life experiences is that I lost my uncle and my cousin within six weeks of each other, which is a really difficult time in my life. And now with mediumship, I am able to connect with them in an even deeper way. And they are two of my biggest cheerleaders, especially in entrepreneurship, like always cheering me on to be a boss and my own boss and leading through female empowerment and so forth. And it's, of course, it's so hard to lose loved ones from a human perspective, but your loved ones on the other side can become cheerleaders and messengers and guardians for you when they're not here physically. Absolutely. And it's the most powerful thing to like knowing like grandma's always around me. Grandpa's Mm -hmm. always around me, whoever it is for that person is when you really sit with that, it's this experience of kind of awe of like, wow, I have, these love beings around me all the time who I can talk to and connect with. And I just want that for everyone. So I know me too. (laughs) So special. Um, Is there anything before I kind of move topics about mediumship that you would want to share kind of, yeah, before I move forward? Great question. One of the things that I like to wrap up a mediumship session with a client is by asking a loved one to share a sign with me that the 
client will receive in the physical world and know that it's the loved one coming through to them. And physical signs can be one of the coolest ways that we can work with the spirit world and that we can communicate with our loved ones. So if you haven't had this experience already, I would encourage you to ask your loved one. You don't have to communicate with them through mediumship. You can just set the intention, grandma or uncle or whoever it is that's important to you that you want to receive a sign from. Please send me a choose a sign within the next seven days and just wait for that sign to come through. So for example, you could ask for butterflies or a rainbow or coins, pennies, um, or a type of bird. These are all really easy ways for the loved one to come through for us, to show us physically that they're present and know their conscious awareness is not in the bird or in the rainbow or in the butterfly. I've had that. I've had people ask me that before. It is just an easy way for the spirit of our loved ones to come through to us in the physical. So my cousin and my uncle will always send me butterflies, physically butterflies, the name of a song called Butterfly that I love, um, or just seeing butterflies in my awareness. Maybe I see a butterfly online or on a mug, and I know in that moment that they're with me. So make sure to ask your loved ones for a sign because they want to communicate with you. And this is one of the easiest ways for them to do that. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when you, when you get that sign, it, there aren't really words to like describe that feeling of mm -hmm. uh, validation and confirmation. And I will add to like adding, asking for signs from guides as well is like mm -hmm. mind blowing. Absolutely. Wait, I kind of want to share this really quick. Yeah. So yesterday, my throat, yesterday I asked for cartoon cherries within a three hour time span. So it was like 2 PM and I was like, Ooh. okay, by five, send me cartoon carries. If I should accept this, I have a job opportunity, like a side job thing. So, you know, three hours. Okay. Let's see what happens. So I go about my life, whatever, run an errand, come home. It's like 418. And I'm like, where am I going to see cartoon carries at home? I open up a drawer to get something completely random. And I have to show you this, even though the listeners won't be able to see it, I'll describe it. I have a Trader Joe's bag that has cartoon cherries on it. No way! I oh my lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I lost it. I was like, are you actually serious you guys oh my like, god this is amazing and the time frame they hit the nail on the head oh my gosh and it's never in the way that you expect either that's the never. coolest thing yeah I wouldn't have opened that drawer but somehow they're like you need something out of there and yeah. there you go here it is <laughs> it's so magical yay it blows my mind so basically like yeah asking for signs is one of the most powerful ways to like receive confirmation or messages for something. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Okay. I would like to move into the Akashic records. Yay. Let's do it. Because you are an Akashic records queen. 
Can you first talk about what is it? Yeah, absolutely. So the Akashic records exist in the quantum field. And I like to describe them as the quantum library of every soul, everything, every event ever in existence. And this is not a physical library. It is a multidimensional library and it holds the information, the energetic information and frequency of, again, every soul and everything ever in existence. So you, Sydney, me, Emily, we both have a book. Our soul has a book within the Akashic records that holds the information of every point of our soul's awareness along its path from our origination point to past lives to future lifetimes, etc. Again, this is if we're thinking in terms of linear time, the Akashic records exist in the multidimensional universe. So we have the ability to be trained to learn how to tap into this specific frequency. When I first learned about the Akashic Records, I assumed that people who were reading from them had a way to actually physically read a book from the Akashic Library. Doesn't quite work like that. It is specifically a frequency that we can learn to tune into, just like mediumship is an energetic frequency that we can tune into. So for everybody listening, the way that I like to describe this is picture picture a radio dial. The radio dial can tune into different stations. And so we can tune into one station for our spirit guides. We can tune into another station for the Akashic library, and we can tune into another station for mediumship. Um, And these are all different energy frequencies that we can learn how to receive information from using our psychic senses. That's super cool. And it's, it's crazy to think that like, there's a, like a record basically of like our soul Mm -hmm. and that we can like tap into that. What might someone, you know, getting a reading ask about, or like, maybe that's too big of a question, but however you want. So my readings are really focused on healing. So I learned how I learned my Akashic reading skill set from Jennifer Longmore at Soul Journeys. So she has one of the biggest Akashic Records reading certifications in the world. Um, And her focus as a teacher is on healing. So because the Akashic Records exist in the quantum field, we can heal anything at its root in a nanosecond. So during an Akashic Records reading, you can ask me any question about anything. You can ask me, I have a big issue with a scarcity mindset and with money and finances. How can I heal that? What do my angels and guides need me to know? And I can tune into that question and the Akashic Record Keepers will give me information about well, actually this is coming from a past life vow or a karmic contract that she made, or this is coming from a childhood story where her parents didn't have a lot of money around and she, she saw struggle with money and finances while she was growing up. And once we get to the root of what's going on, we can heal that energy in a moment if the client is ready, willing, and able to heal the energy. Because I like to say that We are all our own healers and that you have the ability to heal yourself. So when we're doing this work together in the Akashic Records, you are actually healing yourself. 
I, Emily, am just the channel delivering the way to do so through the Akashic Records, but you have that ability to consciously choose whether or not to heal yourself in that moment. And shifts can happen in a nanosecond, like I said, or they can take weeks. It's really just up to you. But during when you're in the Akashic Records, the possibilities for healing are absolutely endless. And I love doing these records readings because it gives me a deeper level and a deeper way to access information than just by doing a pure psychic and intuitive reading. Yeah, that's so cool. It's really, really cool. Um, I like almost don't have anything to say because it's just, it's really powerful that that can happen in like a session. Mm -hmm. Um, So you mentioned that the Akashic records can be really helpful for healing. And that's the direction that you go in with your clients. You had also mentioned quantum energy healing. Did I get that right? Yeah. Can you talk about what that is and what that looks like in your practice? Absolutely. So I was taught and downloaded by my angels and guides, a form of energy healing called galactic star energy healing. And this energy healing came in alongside of me learning how to read the Akashic records. So working with the Akashic record library, working in the quantum field, I am also able to give my clients energy healing because the energy is being healed and processed, cleared in the quantum field again. So different from a traditional Reiki session where the Reiki energy is being channeled, I am using this galactic star energy that my my angels and guides have downloaded me with to clear the client's chakra energy centers at the quantum level. So for example, within a Reiki session, perhaps you have a block in your solar plexus chakra, um, around confidence. So you might get a message from the Reiki practitioner around, well, I feel like you're lacking in confidence from something that happened to you recently within a galactic star energy healing session, because I have a deeper level of access to information, I can receive information from my angels and guides that the client Well, actually the root of where the solar plexus block is coming from is from a past life where the client was a sailor on a ship and there was a big mistake that was made that cost the client his or her life. And therefore they have this major energy block in their solar plexus chakra. And then we can, again, clear the energy in the quantum field in a nanosecond so that the energy actually stays with the client and they can release blocks that have been with them for lifetimes and lifetimes. So it's really interesting. And because I have worked with my angels and guides to kind of develop this form of energy healing, it's not something that I was taught by an external person. It's not a certification that I received, but the results that my clients have when they finally feel, feel clear and free of some of these past present and future lifetime blocks is absolutely amazing to me. So I know the energy is working um, and it's really cool to be able to see and receive that feedback. That's so cool. I haven't heard of that form of energy healing before, probably because 
it's unique to it's mine sides, which is really cool yeah that's yeah that's super powerful so you mentioned you know downloading this from your guides and I kind of wanted to talk a bit about like that creation of your own mm -hmm. energy healing and you know how how that can look I guess um and I ask because I think it's so cool when people download kind of their own forms like I have my own form of dance energy healing. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that it works. Like you said, yeah, exactly. And so maybe yeah. um, speaking to like, if someone wanted to like go about creating their own. Yeah. So I, what I knew that I wanted to do energy healing in my practice and include it as part of my offerings and gifts. And I knew that I had a gift and an inclination towards energy healing because I was curious about it. We all can learn the, how to be an energy healer. If we feel called to do so, you will know if you feel called to do so. And I picked a day and a time to learn, to receive this information from my angels and guides when I knew that the veil between us and the physical world and the spirit world was, was especially thin. So I chose the winter solstice to ask for these activations. So I cleared some quiet space and time. I set the intention that I wanted to be downloaded with a form of energy healing. I wanted to learn how to do it. I wanted to be able to share it with my clients with the highest intention of being able to heal them at a quantum level for their highest path and purpose. And I had a notebook in front of me and I said, angels and guides share with me what I need to know. And I just felt called to draw out a whole diagram, including symbols for each chakra um, that I needed to use in the healing process. And then using my psychic gift of clear audience, I just channeled and took notes about how I needed to do the process. And they shared with me that the reason why it's called galactic star energy healing is because we begin at the 12th chakra. So the 12th chakra, also known as the Merkaba, also known to me as the galactic star, is your connection to the multidimensional universe. So in this form of energy healing, you're not only clearing your chakra energy centers, but you're also creating a connection to your multidimensional self. So we start at the 12th chakra and then we work our way down through all 12 of the major chakra energy centers. And it totally opens you up. Um, but the process for me that involved learning how to do this was just by sitting down and asking my angels and guides to help me learn this. And I think so many of us come in with programming and conditioning that says we need to have a certification or we need to learn from somebody else. Like, who am I to do this if I haven't been taught by somebody else how to do it? When in reality, you already know how to do the healing work. I'm accessing and tapping into my soul gifts of energy healing that I've had for lifetime. So I'm really just asking my angels and guides to re-download me with information that I already know at some level. And you can do the same thing. Just give yeah. yourself some space and time to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you for sharing that process. It's really powerful that, yeah, we can all do that. And I think it's neat that we all have different forms of energy healing that like are nuanced in our own ways mm -hmm. that we can share with other people. So that's really awesome. Thank you. So 
kind of moving forward, if someone listening is new to, you know, the psychic world and wanting to open up their gifts and kind of wondering where do they start, if they start with, you know, mediumship or energy healing, how might they go about kind of figuring that out? Absolutely. I, when I first started my spiritual awakening journey, I was obsessed with learning and finding out what my modality of choice was going to be. Because at the beginning I had no idea and I just wanted to know, I wanted somebody else to tell me what my modality was going to be. Of course, no intuitives would give me that information other than when I learned about mediumship. So I would say that you follow where you feel led because you will, and I like to give the example of following the breadcrumbs, you will feel called or interested in learning about different areas, and you may feel called to learn about more areas than others. For example, if you feel really called to learn about human design, do a little bit of research, find, find a book, find a practitioner, have a reading from them, do a little bit of exploring. And if you feel called to learn to do that for other people, then follow that call, but really follow the breadcrumbs, follow where you feel led. I personally am super interested in human design, but not to the point of wanting to learn how to share that information with clients, although that can change at any moment. And the beauty is knowing that this path that I'm on right here in this moment may be completely different a year from now. We don't have to choose one end all be all modality to pursue. There are so many that we can learn more about. We can learn how to do our own forms of energy healing like we've spoken about already. So again, follow where you feel led, follow where you feel called to go, and also know that your own unique skill set will open up with time. In my psychic development coaching, I see in my students that all of them have a different skill set. Some are more inclined towards mediumship. Some are more inclined towards working with cards and tarot cards, and some are more inclined towards doing psychic and intuitive readings for clients. We are all going to feel more called to one area of the spiritual world than another. So just follow that path. You will be on the right one and don't, don't push yourself because you are right in the moment that you need to be in and you're learning everything in this moment that you need to receive. I think that's such a beautiful message to close with. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you, and maybe a little bit about some of your offerings? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram as Emily the Mystic. You can also find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel also called Emily the Mystic, where I share some longer form videos of the work that I do. I, at this moment, offer Akashic Records readings and psychic guidance and mediumship readings. So you can sign up to do a one-on-one -on -one reading with me. I also offer my Galactic Star Energy Healing sessions. So you can come to me and receive energy healing. I also have a psychic development program called the Cosmic Kickstarter. It is a 10-week group coaching program where I teach my students all the fundamentals of intuition, everything we've talked about today, including psychic gifts, energy discernment, boundaries, protection work, and then how to do psychic and intuitive readings and how to do mediumship readings. So we talk about both. They are different skill sets. And by the end, my clients know how to 
be intuitives professionally if they so choose. And then if you feel called, you can join my advanced intuitive mentorship called the Cosmic Creatrix. So I really make sure to nurture my clients and my students at all levels of the process, whether you're a beginner or you feel more advanced with your intuitive gifts and want to deepen them and be on an even deeper healing journey. I help my clients at all stages of development and being a teacher and teaching is one of my absolute favorite things uh, to do. So if you feel called, I would love to have you in one of those coaching containers. Thank you for outlining all of that. And I, you know, want to urge people to follow you and connect with you because you are such a, you have such beautiful energy and I love your teachings and your content and you know, thank you for sharing that with us today, you know, sharing your light and your, and your energy. It was really you, fun to chat with you. You are so welcome. I'm so blessed to be here and I'm just so excited to see where this journey takes us and takes everybody listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.